Hello and welcome. This is Connie Reagan Green from HugeProfitsTinyList.com with another call in the podcast series. Today I'm going to be speaking with Carl Goldman. I've known Carl since I've been in Santa Clarita, so that's been about six years. And I'm thrilled to be able to tell you everything that he's been working on, and he's going to share even more when I finally introduce him. He was Man of the Year in 2008, and I was in the room that night when he was chosen. He also, with his wife Jerry, owns the local radio station here in Santa Clarita, KHTS, but that doesn't keep him busy enough. Carl is also in charge, we'll talk more about this, the SCV, which is the Santa Clarita Valley Disaster Coalition, and he does great work with the Red Cross here in Santa Clarita. Welcome, Carl. Thank you, Connie. I'm just thrilled to have you here because you are an entrepreneur, a a community activist. You do so many things that are very different from what many of our listeners are used to. Can you give us just a little, little idea of your background, how you got started with everything that you're doing? Sure. Well, my wife and I are second generation radio folks, which is rare, and we uh, moved up here to Santa Clarita. We're both both in California. We worked at major Los Angeles radio stations, and then we met at what's now the largest radio network. This was back in the 80s. And then in 1990, we saw an opportunity to purchase the only local radio station here in Santa Clarita, our valley, to, as you know, Connie, 280,000 people, and we're right there embedded into all of Los Angeles. But we saw this community as a, as a unique opportunity. We bought the station with other partners back in 1990, moved up here, raised our family, fell in love with this community totally. And I think early on there were this community was very unique. There were a lot of a lot of people here who were the founding fathers and mothers of this city that that pulled up their sleeves and handled things, at least from a non-profit community and activist side, a lot differently than than other locations. And so we kind of got sucked into it slowly as we got immersed into it and got involved in a number of things. Red Cross was one of my early passions. My wife, very interested in, in medical care and in our schools and got active early on in the elementary schools and later on with uh, Providence Holy Cross Hospital. And then the earthquake hit in 1994. When that hit, Santa Clarita was hugely impacted by it. We became the emergency communication uh, source for six months while the 5 and 14 were down. And it's interesting because right now the 14 and 5 in that tunnel has had a major collision at about 2.30 this morning. I saw that. And we're dealing with that right now. And, and here it is. And, and also, of course, uh, four or five years ago, there was the famous truck explosion. So that 514 interchange has created a few different disasters here. But when we did the uh, when we did all emergency, we realized we weren't just the communication source for the valley. We really became the you know a, a calming conduit for the valley, almost a therapeutic. Um, devices as we all realized we weren't alone in this and we worked together and it was a unique time six months of that but it really prepared us to to launch into the next step of community involvement that was to uh, number one set up something that that really became a um, 
an emergency source for the valley, and that's the Disaster Coalition. We can talk about that that some more later on. But it got us more and more involved in the community on so many different levels, politics, uh, advocacy up in Sacramento and, and Washington, D.C., as we, we launched a uh, annual road trip that now has become a, a powerful, powerful event here in Santa Cruz. And I know, Connie, you yes, went on Yes, one. I went, yeah, two you years ago. Sacramento once, yeah. a while ago, and that just has grown now to the point where we have a waiting list for that. We had our governor, uh, Jerry Brown, came to dinner this past year when we did it, and we're already planning next next year's trip. And then since then, we've launched a Washington, D.C. trip that has worked very well with our congressman, Buck McKeon, and, and had John McCain come to dinner for that, and we see that as, as yet another anchor. But but we've we've learned over the years that, that the community is, as I said earlier, so unique, but because it's it's geographically broken up from the rest of the rest of Los Angeles, it's very accessible. So once you obtain some credibility and obtain a track record, it becomes easier and easier to navigate through various entities here and the, the bureaucracy and the red tape and and the kind of things you see in a lot of other cities get peeled away when you have that that ability where you have one community college, one school district, one newspaper, one radio station, one form of of city government and and by having all that it makes it very easy to navigate and create some some miracles and some magic. The latest project we're doing which we're really passionate about, started about a year and a half ago when Habitat for Humanity approached us. Because we're community leaders, they were looking for a way to take the Habitat model and focus it on veterans rather than just uh, doing it for for uh, moderate income housing. And, and so we created SCV Habitat for Heroes a little over a year ago. We started refurbishing vet homes here in, in Santa Clarita. With the first home that we refurbished was less than a year ago. It was the Saturday before Veterans Day. We went in and did a whole remodeling on a local veteran up in Saugus who was suffering from post-traumatic stress. And we watched a transformation occur with him after we did this. And since then, we've done now about 10 different homes. We refurbished the American Legion down in downtown Newhall. But our biggest project which we looked at when we set the when we set up SCV Habitat for Heroes, we looked at a long range project of building the first of its kind veteran village. We are uh, we announced a few weeks ago that we're we will be building the first village, and it will be uh, we'll be breaking ground probably next spring as we stay on track with this, and it will be 87 homes, all for veterans. Veterans will own them. We're talking mostly and focusing mostly on young veterans. And um, no one out there's there's nothing like this being done anywhere else in the country. And because of our past experience, we're finding we're able to navigate uh, around and not just then wear the housing hat or the habitat hat with us, but we're able to partner now with many of the other nonprofits who have a stake with veterans, College of the Canyons for one, on career and and uh, education. Child and Family Center on doing some some actual therapy and counseling, the uh, Action 
families action family counseling for those vets that have drug issues we're working with the sheriffs the city so it's truly become a unique partnership with us well i'm i'm so proud to to know you carl and to be part of this community you know where you do so much and um i i think i've probably shared with you before that when i was moving here from the san fernando valley which is you know north of los angeles for people that don't know where we're talking about exactly. So I was moving north then to Santa Clarita, and that took me a couple of months of going back and forth, uh, bringing things and just doing a variety of things, moving from one home to the next. And that's when I discovered KHTS. And so I would tune in to AM 1220, and I, I learned about the community that I was moving to. And that was a big part of me being able to then go on and do a lot of volunteer work and do things that I'm doing because you provided that information. And then in 2007, when we were evacuated because of the fires, then once again I realized the importance of having that central you know, community area where I can listen on the radio, I know where your offices are, so if I need, you know, just feel that need to go in and talk to somebody, that it's there because it really is very frightening when you go through a situation, a natural disaster, whatever you know might happen, to know that there are people there that care, that are in charge, and that can really guide you as to what you should do with your animals, with your home, with a variety of things that come up. So I just want to thank you for that. Sure. Yeah, it's a, a unique situation because we wear a lot of different hats when there's a disaster here. And Santa Cruz, as you know, is, is the poster child for disasters. We've gone through, <laughs> in the 22 years we've been here, we've had eight major disasters and and some of them you never could anticipate so we had the earthquake we've had floods we've had fires and and then as i mentioned earlier that that giant tunnel explosion on the 5 and 14 from a number of years ago but so so we take on a different role when there's a disaster we're not the news media yes we're giving out information but we're working hand in hand with the first responders to make sure we're giving out wise information on this, and and we also become a conduit of information back to the first responders to make sure that they're getting accurate info. Because in a lot of instances, particularly the the 2007 fires, things were moving so quickly. It was such a fluid situation. As and as people you know look back at it now, it was the perfect storm. There was no way for any first responder to keep up with us. It's probably similar to the the situation New Orleans experienced with Katrina, where things were moving so fast and in, the information flow uh, was so broken down that that sometimes having some a, a device like the media to to become another piece of information and pick up some of the foundations that had gotten cracked uh, become really important. Yes, and I was even in uh, in Florida. I went through Hurricane Andrew in August of '92, mm-hmm. and uh, and at that time that was the costliest you know disaster of that of that type ever in the United States. And there was no radio station, no group, no person. There was no one to connect to. And for a week, I was in the house waiting for the National Guard to come and help get all of us out. And you know, just if we had had something like what you offer, it would have been. Yeah, really, really a lifesaver, a godsend, I'll, I'll tell you. Right. But, you know, Carl, I want to touch on something that you said a little earlier. You said that, you know, by doing these things in the community, that you really build the credibility 
so that then you can navigate the system. You can do anything that you want to do because that's really been my experience here in Santa Clarita where, you know, I came here, I had just resigned from Los Angeles Unified School District, so I wasn't a teacher any longer. I had decided I was not going to work as a real estate appraiser or a broker anymore. I was going to start the business online. But I knew that I needed community involvement, and I wanted to build up that credibility so that as my business grew, then I would have a group of people that would understand what I was doing and that I could share more information with. So for someone that's in their community, wherever they happen to be in the world, and they're starting a business, they're a new entrepreneur, what types of things could they and should they be doing within their own city to build that credibility so that they can then transition into a variety of roles that might be appealing to them at some point in the future. Sure, I th- and I think it's important to to have that connection, that community involvement. Even looking here in Santa Clarita, the very successful locally owned businesses. I'm not talking about the big big companies, but the local ones. They've built a brand around their community involvement, but it's not a fake community involvement. I look at Valencia Acura, for instance, with Don and, and Sherry Fleming. Yes. They they walk the walk, they talk the talk. New Holland and Farming, when they, they you know, in the days when they were building Valencia, they didn't just they weren't like a big corporation just handing out checks. They made sure that that all of their executives were on boards, not just as as you know, names on on a letterhead, but actually pulling up their sleeves, getting involved, helping with the fundraisers, helping navigate the nonprofits through through various entities, and so they built a, a very very credible and successful corporation around that. The best way to start out for those listening is to pick a nonprofit that's local that that you're passionate about, something that you can can um, really wrap your, your arms around and get involved. But you've got to be true to your heart with this. If you just join an organization or join an organization or you just join an organization so that you can be seen or attached to it or become a name on a letterhead, that is that will serve some purpose, but it's not going to get you the results you want. And and the best way to to start is to find some entity that you are that really tugs at your heart, so that when you're getting involved, you can jump in and do this. We, you know, early on when I got involved with the, the Red Cross and and early on with the Chambers, uh, this is before the earthquake. We had a, a next door neighbor whose young son was had, had uh, brain cancer and and it, it was battling cancer at Children's Hospital and the, the, this child, Michael Hofflin, yeah. became a friend of our sons. They were the same age. Oh, I didn't and, know that, Carl. And then when, when uh, Michael was struck again with brain cancer second time, this is when he was about eight, nine years old, Chris and Sue sat down with my wife and I, and, and we created the Michael Hofflin Foundation. And that first dinner was in our backyard. Not many people know about that no. anymore because that was some 18 years ago. And now the Michael Hofflin Foundation, you know, Michael since passed away a few years after that. And but we were passionate about this. We were we were very much part of the founders of that and built that up to to what it is today and then could let it take off and, and run on its own. 
but but that could not have happened as our first entity. We were already at that time pretty involved in the community, and this was before the earthquake when this, all this started. So so it can be done, but but it's got to start with steps. And I really recommend picking a a nonprofit that you're, that is already in your community that has some kind of reputation, but more importantly. It's got to be one where the emotional attachment is there. Yes, and you know, I know that when I have uh, new friends, you know, come to Santa Clarita to to live, um, I'm thinking just just recently of a couple that's come here and they actually do some business on the internet, similar to what I do, and they were looking for something to get involved with, and because they have you know two young sons, I had recommended that they go to the Michael Hoffman. Uh, gala that they have every year and they right. they went last year because I knew that that would make an emotional connection for them and also Carousel Ranch is a is the group that does the equestrian therapy sure, with disabled great, children it's another great another group, group and everything so that's great advice because you know when I came I just kind of googled for volunteer opportunities and ended up going to Rotary and I really fell in love with with that group but because the people in Rotary we're already parts of so many of these other groups that you're talking about. Sure. And so that way I could, you know, kind of see the menu of what was available and see what really, you know, felt right for me on a on a personal basis. Well, you know, as an entrepreneur, Carl, uh do you see things, you know, the landscape really changing for people that are that are trying to start businesses and go out on their own? What what are you seeing out there? Well, the, the toughest thing, and this is obvious for everyone, the economy is a roller coaster. We, uh, I've, we've never seen anything like this over the last three or four years. It's impossible to forecast. I was talking to another uh, entrepreneur the other day about trying to um, create a five-year plan and five-year budget, which used to be, you know, standard stuff for for any any successful business. And now it's it's hard enough to create a five-month plan, let alone a five-year plan. And until we get a little more stability in the economy, I think it's going to be be tricky in that respect. So, so what, the, the one thing I recommend for most people, what we're seeing, you know, most small businesses, what do they say? The odds are one out of five, only 20% or 10, 15%. Businesses make it through five years in good times, yes. and that number is even even smaller now. I think starting out, it's it's critical for for entrepreneurs to have enough money to get them started, and also they should be reaching out. There's a number of services here in in Santa Clarita. We have the Small Business um, Development Center over at College of the Canyons that provides a lot of free guidance for getting started. I would really recommend that that uh, entrepreneurs search out their local entity go go down there physically and have a sit down with them to begin with to start thinking through what do I really need to to get launched and what are all the how much is this really going to cost for me to um to get this get this off the ground and then what contingency plans do I have as we go through the ups and downs of this turbulent economy all right. Yes, I've really taken advantage of College of the Canyons and all the courses that they that they offer. Uh, you know, some of them really resonate with with what I am doing, and I just love to see that that's 
that's growing, and also the uh, the adult schools connected with the with the high schools that adult education. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they have some offerings in there that I, I think are very good for people that are just just starting out. We're fortunate to have so much of that here in Santa Clarita. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, the final thing that I that I really like to uh, talk to you about, Carl, is masterminding. Okay. You know, I have two different groups of people that I spend time with, but both of them are in another state, which means that several times a year I have to get on an airplane, stay in a hotel, and go to other locations to meet with these like-minded people and spend that time with them so that we can discuss our businesses and our challenges and our successes and everything like that. Do you do anything like that with any local local people? Yeah, we we reach out to a number of local people and and sit down and brainstorm with them even our competitors in the other media will sit down and and have conversations with them we'll we'll connect and and uh share ideas share information and uh and handle it handle it that way but we also you know some of the other major business owners are going to um some of the other major business owners we we sit down with people like Don and Cherry Fleming, uh, just a whole variety of people. Now, do you do this informally because you all know each other in the community, or do you have anything that's a formal thing that you would meet maybe three times a year or something for a full day, something like that? No, we do it informally. So we'll we'll do it much more casually. We'll go out and have dinner, or go have a cup of coffee, and and just just sit, or or a lunch, and and really share ideas and and communicate that way we find that in a more relaxed setting we find that to be be much more effective all right because i think that's you know an excellent idea to to do and i'm always curious with people in the in the physical world as opposed to you know my world is is uh, online so much uh, i'm always curious to see if people are doing things you know in the same way successful people anyway so i'm I'm glad to hear that you're doing that what yeah, else? It's, um, yeah. it's very important to get that input from others and and realize they've gone through through similar things, yeah, and I think also that way you know people can provide resources for each other. Maybe you've met somebody recently that had something you know something that they said or something that they're involved in that you might share with someone that the other person may never have found out about or wouldn't have found out about for a year or so mm-hmm. absolutely. <laughs> That, that's excellent. Well, what do you have on on the horizon? I know you're you're so busy with with everything. And uh, is there any any news from KHTS that you want to share? Anything going on? Yeah, we're doing a, a couple of interesting things. And one one of the things that's always been important for us is to stay ahead of the curve out there. And and from a technological standpoint, and our business is going through a lot of challenges as the media converges as as uh we we're getting bombarded from from so many different directions on the, on the wireless front certainly on the inter- internet and so we're for us our focus has been not only on air but online and we've always been you know pretty creative and innovative when it comes to online our website is the the most read website in our valley, we uh, have a full news department and are constantly pushing out news. We're, we have a major video component on both our site and partnerships with uh, Channel 20 and SCV TV. And that's another thing I would highly recommend. A lot of times, uh, 
looking at ways to partner even with your competition can be uh, a benefit to both of you. That's a, a unique partnership we did with, with our competition with SEVTV, who has their own news website and their own news organization, and we found ways to, to be competitive and yet also be complementary and, and combine resources. So we're, we've been looking at, we've been delving into that and doing that very successfully now for a number of years. Our latest endeavor is is actually something exciting that's tied in with Google, and it's Google has now, uh, for businesses, and I urge everybody to make sure any business that has a legitimate business address, not a, an at-home business, but if you have a business address, we encourage you to take Google Places and tie that in and then add in uh, a Google. Google now has a full photo tour. That's a three-dimensional kind of virtual tour, kind of like you've seen, Connie, with with real estate. Real estate, yes, where you can take a virtual tour of the property. Yeah. Right. The difference on this is it's sitting on Google's server. It's tied into Google's mapping device. And and with that, because it's tied into Google mapping device, it's also tied in with Google Streets. So as we we see this as the next big um, marketing tool for businesses, is is taking their Google Places, wrapping it around their website, and driving people back and forth between Google Places and their website, and then using other tools to get uh, traffic over to the Google Places that then drives people over to the website. The virtual tour is one giant component of that. There's a number of other entities that can be added in pictures, YouTube components. Your videos, yeah. Uh, you can add now up, up to five YouTube uh, videos in there for free and then substitute those out. And most of the ingredients, other than the, the photo tour itself, is free of charge to, to the entrepreneur. Yes, I think what people don't realize is that Google has already set up things for us. So if you Google like hair salons or something in your city, you'll see all of the businesses that come up. And if you take a look, it'll it'll show just the Google address if that that company has not kind of claimed their business space and put in Absolutely. their own URL, their own information. And you know we we want to we want to claim our claim our spot there. Yeah, so, so that would be great. the best advice I could give out right now, okay. particularly as more and more what we're seeing, the other the other change we're seeing out there. You know, back last January, our our website gets about 100,000 unique visitors a month on the site. And they're looking at, at we could have this month we'll have probably about 280,000 visits onto that site. So a lot of traffic considering most of that is local and and our population is only 280,000. Um, what we're finding up till January, about 6% of our traffic was coming in via wireless. Now we're seeing that jump up to almost 30%. We're watching that grow 4, 5, 6% per month as iPhones and smartphones and iPads become more and more the, the ingredient that people use to get their information. And I think that will continue to grow at that same rate. So a year from now, we'll probably be looking at 60%, 70% of our traffic coming in via wireless. And that's why, some, that's why new ingredients like Google Places become even more important because then it's all tied into your navigation system. You're going to look up a, a 
a re retailer, for instance, or a service on your phone and click on that phone number and instantly be be calling directly into whoever you're trying to reach. And so Google Places is becoming more and more. And I, a year from now, Google Places will be a must-have. Right now, it's still still a luxury for some businesses, but those those who are going to be ahead of the curve are going to be the the winners in this. Yeah, and I think because it's mostly free, that really levels the the playing field for a new entrepreneur versus you know an established business, a hotel or a restaurant or something that's that's been around and and has a, a marketing budget. Absolutely, it's it, getting onto Google Places and and adding in most of those entities, as I said, other than the the virtual tour is entirely free, and it's a, it's very easy to do. You do not need to be a web guru to figure it out. It's adding those things in is, is about as easy as as adding an attachment to your email and sending it. Perfect. Well, Carl, thank you so much. Tell us uh, the URL of KHTS. It's hometownstation.com, hometownstation.com. I encourage everybody to check that out. We're just launching a brand-new website. So actually, uh, if you go on the, the site right now, you'll see a temporary website. But we think uh, what's exciting in about one hour from now, one to two hours from now, so by early afternoon, we will have a uh, brand-new website. Wow. Uh, up there with with uh, a lot of ingredients that we weren't able to do with our old website, a lot of components. We're very excited about that. Wonderful, and I love getting the updates, you know, just a whole variety of things, you know, lacrosse being added to West Branch High School all the way to very, very serious issues in our in our valley. So I really want to thank you for taking this time. Sure. Thanks, Connie. This is Connie Reagan-Green. I've been speaking with Carl Goldman from KHTS Radio, hometownstation.com. Be sure to listen to all of the calls in the podcast series.